I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Tuesday. Green Bay Packers storm back. They dominate the second half. They win and cover against the Lions. The Super Bowl odds, really no adjustment. They're the eighth favorite still at 16-1, so no upgrade for the Packers. Davis Mills, rookie, will start for Houston against the Panthers on Thursday. You might think, Tyrod Taylor, that's no big deal. No, we're looking at a four-point downgrade for Houston. In college football, Matt Matt Corral, yes, that's correct, he is now the Heisman favorite, surpassing Bryce Young. He's at plus 200. Remember, though, with the the Heisman, there's oftentimes a surge. Is it going to be Corral? We'll see. Here comes a four of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. Live in Las Vegas. Live on a Tuesday after Monday Night Football. Live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. We got A.J. Hoffman in studio, an expert in many things. A.J., how would you rank your expertises? Ooh. uh, Barbecue is probably near the top. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. You grew up, I mean, you grew up around, well, you spent a lot of time in Austin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Porn surfing? No, not a big porn no, surfing no. guy. No, uh, I, I'm I'm pretty big on MMA. Like as okay, far as sports that's go, that's, that's that's up there. All right, all and, right. And then co- college sports is uh, is up there as well. Yeah, college football, uh, true expert, no doubt about it. And with the ladies, RJ, as you know. <laughs> well, you've been married like 30 years. <laughs> I, I like how McKenzie bursts into yeah, laughter when very, I say I'm an expert with the ladies. Very theoretical at this point. Very theoretical. <laughs> <laughs> it's like going to Mars, right? At this point, <laughs> sports better listen for the money sports fans listen to no more than their buddies and now for the penultimate time our joe in la jonas knox <laughs> always good to be here rj and yes on a day in which we've got some injury updates from around the nfl as we creep closer to week three in the league what is the vegas lead here on this tuesday well on tuesday we do monday night football yeah, and, and it was Monday night, last night at Lambeau Field, where the Green Bay Packers took care of business 35-17 the final over the Detroit Lions. Green Bay now 1-1 one one on the season, bouncing back from that ugly loss to the Saints in Week 1. So Lions lose to the Saints easily. It wasn't even a game. Saints get dominated the next week against the Carolina Panthers. So that doesn't make Green Bay look good. Then it's 17-14. to the Detroit Lions leading at halftime. Okay, from there, there's two quarters. Green Bay surges against maybe the worst team in football, but right up there. I mean, Jacksonville, right right up there with Detroit. What does this tell us? Is this a relief? I was looking at ESPN.com. It's like, you know, Rodgers is back. And I get it, right? It's a positive narrative. 
how much, and we'll go around the horn, AJ first, how much doubt do you still have that Aaron Rodgers is going to be anywhere near last year? What did you see from him in this game? What's your prospects on the season? I saw some meh in the first half, and in the second half, he looked like the old Aaron Rodgers. But that's three, you know, three halves of football that I've gone, oh boy, this isn't great. And then one half where he looked like the old Aaron Rodgers. So, so, so hold on, let me ask a question though: the old Aaron Rodgers, as in last years? Last years, the 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 fantastic one year wonder, okay. Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Okay, because he had four or, years before that that wasn't all that good. Yeah, or the old old Aaron Rodgers where he was this good all the time. I agree. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm still not sold, and I'm I'm less sold on the Packers as a whole. I still think they've got some big problems defensively, but Aaron Rodgers in that second half looked like what you expected Aaron Rodgers to look like. Now, if that's if that's something he's going to be able to maintain, I guess we'll have to see. But he looked motivated in that half. So what you're saying is, when they were losing, he looked bad. When he they won and scored a bunch of touchdowns, he looked good. And the yeah, future, we're just yeah. going to have to see. I, I, I guess that's pretty accurate, yeah. <laughs> okay, next up, Jonas Knox. I'm still, jury's still out for me. I'm still a little bit skeptical because I don't know if that was just a case of they were playing the Lions and that's why they were able to figure things out. I don't know if it's because he wasn't there for the offseason and so they're still a little, little bit behind schedule. I, I just take more of a wait-and-see approach on this, and I think the next couple of weeks are going to tell us a lot. They've got the 49ers on the road, which has been a nightmare for them throughout the course of the past couple of years. And then they've got the Steelers. I think the next couple of weeks are going to give us a true answer on Rodgers and the pack. Yeah, so we'll have the early line against the 49ers. Right now, we have it. Green Bay is a three-and-a-half-point underdog at San Francisco. Now, before Monday Night Football, the line was four. So it was Green Bay plus four. They look good in the second half. Though, as AJ said, we're going to have to see about the future. But plus three and a half right now. So an upgrade of Green Bay by a half a point. Here's my – well, let me ask you, AJ, a question. We are straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell. Is – you said you're more worried about Green Bay. Now, let's def- – as a team other than Aaron Rodgers. So let's define this. If we say the expected performance is expectation – so Aaron Rodgers would be expected to be a top-five quarterback, I think it's fair to say, after an MVP season. And then the other players are going to all have their expectations, right? Adams, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Okay. Do you believe, based on those very disparate expectations, with Aaron Rodgers being very, very high and the rest of the Green Bay, some higher, but you know what I'm saying, is do you feel like you have more concern, because as you said, for the rest of the Packers falling short or Aaron Rodgers falling short? And, and you said the rest of the Packers. Why is that? I guess because the the things that are scaring me right now are the fact that they're letting the Lions score 17 points and a half of football, and that's something that's out of Aaron Rodgers' control. Uh, and but him then, having the worst QBR in the league last week was within his control. That was a big problem. I'd also say that the you know the the offensive line. There's he's been sacked five times in two games. Uh, they've been doubled up in rushing yards. That they, like their rushing yards versus their opponents' rushing yards. So those are factors that make me concerned that maybe the Packers overall aren't as good. But I, I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers. If if he plays well enough, the Packers are going to win a lot of games. If he doesn't play, if he plays like he played last week, they're going to lose a lot of games. It's it's not rocket science. It's the, no. they're going to go as he goes okay um 
but if you're more concerned about the other play, I mean, obviously there's an, uh, yeah, if Aaron Rodgers has to be a superstar like he was last year, remember, this is a team, we can hate on the Packers, but 26 and 6 in the regular season the last two years is amazing. And, and you know, that's Matt LaFleur's two seasons. I mean, imagine when you hire a coach, I, you know, 26 and 6 is what we expect, and then we'll go from there in the playoffs. That is a high bar. Now, obviously, in the playoffs two years ago, they met the 49ers and Jimmy G and got run all over. McKenzie, you are an aficionado of the 49ers. Cousin Kyle, your first cousin, Kyle Shanahan. Mackenzie Rivers, look it up. Now, here's the question. You like the 49ers every week. Jonas, you don't know about this, but last year when I, I must have been drunk on it. I don't drink much, but on a Saturday night, I must have been drunk. I said, Mackenzie, you've been doing so good putting the picks in for the Super Contest. I'll pay for your entry next year. Now, I forgot about that the next morning. Well, come time for, for entries, like, RJ, I'm ready for my entry. I'm like, what are you talking about? He had an email. He had audio proof. I mean, he had it all documented. So, so I ended up paying for it. But here was the, the condition. I said, you have to bet again or pick against Cousin Kyle and the 49ers one time this year. And that's the time we should all bet the house on whatever way he bets. Meaning, if he, when he bets against him, it's going to be like the worst game for him. So, Mackenzie, is this going to be the game? No, not at all. Like AJ said, they've been doubled up on the ground. That's both LaFleur's and Shanahan's priority to establish that. I like the 49ers again this week. Okay. Did you have them last week? <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah. So Fezzik and I both had the Eagles, and you said, I'm going with the 49ers. Yes, that's now, correct. Now, you won. Now, what was your record last week? Uh, one in four. That was not one of my five selections, <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, think about, think about that. The one pick he goes against me and Fez, who over three years in the $5,000 Super Contest is like 57%. We're number two of everyone that's played it in the whole world. And he says, I'm fading him there because of Cousin Kyle. And he wins, and then he doesn't win another game. What was your other picks, real quick? I had the Saints. Loser. I had the Bears. That was Loser. my one winner. Actually, wait, wait, wait. You had the, the Bears? What are you talking about? Yeah, I didn't have the 49ers on the contest. I just bet them. Oh, okay. So that so you copied my best bet for your winner. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> Cash that. I had the Browns for some reason. Oh. I had a bunch of points. Uh-huh. I, I, and the Rams. And the Rams, of course. So you went against me again? On the road favorite. Yes. So how are you doing against me on the contest? Oh, for something. Oh, for a bunch. <laughs> Jonas, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> it's uh, when when Fez. Get, uh, we've seen the opposite. When Fez gets uh, a team goes against him or does him dirty or loses a game, he'll start fading him for the rest of time. After the Rams lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots, it seems like Fez was really against him for for like, week after week after week. Same with Fred Van Fleet. Uh, all these guys that Fez falls in love with. Mackenzie's the opposite. He just continues to go back to the well and show. His support, I, I, I do. Uh, you know, I, I gotta. You know, I appreciate his loyalty. Right. Well, the way you know, they, they call that being a masochist. Is, uh, <laughs> so, you know, some people like pain, right? So, I mean, we're not judging here. We we accept all. If you're smart and you're trying to win, we're straight <laughs> out of Vegas. Speaking of Fez, coming in tomorrow for Jonas's going away show. He and as many of you know, he is the. Now, I was thinking about this, this cup of Joe thing. That's yeah. a takeoff on what I did with you being the Joe. 
I'm not sure. I, well, how I could I it be, Jonas? L- listen, I, I don't know. I need, I'm not trade, sure. I need, I need a fee on that. Let me tell <laughs> See, you something. I, I don't want to get in the, in the middle of a tug of war between uh, the suits and, uh, and RJ over uh, uh, copyright. Uh, so, well, I've so, got a few know. suits on my side. Now, let me tell you. <laughs> is uh, So the full name of the show is? Uh, two Pros and a Cup of Joe. Okay, so when I say, let's think about this. For three years, I've been saying, we're the pros. He's the Joe. Now it's Two Pros and a Cup of Joe, but no connection. I mean, I think it's a, more of a take on coffee. Uh, and, and who knows? Maybe I'm the pro. Maybe they're, they're, uh, maybe they're pro, referring to they're me pro as the coffee pro. drinkers. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're referring to me as the pro. Maybe uh, one of those guys is the. Be Joe. real, Jonas. Be realistic. Six a.m. to nine, to nine p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, and, six to nine Eastern. Yes. Yeah, and this is the old Clay Travis spot, and yes. this is a hell of a spot. I mean, it's like. Uh, going up against, obviously, used to be against Mike and Mike. or I don't even know who's there now, but they're not. I don't think they're as good as you guys. Is By the way, did you talk to LeVar about the up on game? I didn't. I'm waiting for the right moment. He didn't yeah. seem like he was in a great mood Because <laughs> I heard that commercial again. It makes no sense. Yeah. Right. It's, it, it's like anyone with these stars... It could only be called up on game. It's like really, but I'm just fly, I'm just very transfixed by it. AJ. Does that make any sense to you? I I don't get it, but I've never heard the show, so I didn't get I don't get the uh, the what reference. What could the show be that it would have to be named up on game? Like maybe they talk about uh, maybe they talk about video games. I don't know e gaming. It's I, all in the game. <clears throat> I'm R.J. Bell. That was A.J. Hoffman. That was McKenzie. I said none of that. We are straight out of Vegas. All right, last topic on Monday Night Football. Detroit. Now, you've got a coach that has caricatured himself in a way. He's made himself uh, a cartoon and biting kneecaps and all that. But if you stop and think about it, this was the assistant head coach to Sean Payton. So one of the five best coaches in the NFL, a Bill Parcells disciple, says, you are my right hand. You're the guy that's doing everything I can't do. I don't think this guy's dumb. And you got to wonder, is he putting out those cartoonish things to distract people or what? Jonas, starting with you, so far from what, two games from the Lions, they had you know tough games. They had a backdoor cover against the 49ers. Obviously, they did well in the first half here, the opposite, but didn't cover. What's your take on Detroit under Campbell? Yeah, there's been moments where they've looked really competitive and I think a lot better than a lot of people expected. And Jared Goff's looked pretty good at times in moments. He had, you know, an interception last night that was not a good throw. But I I still look at this the same I looked at it when the hire was made. It wasn't just bringing in Dan Campbell. All of a sudden they brought in former Detroit Lions to be a part of the coaching search, to be a part of the front office. This is all about a culture change. Uh, I I think this is going to take a little while for them to get their guys in the building we talked about it at the time they you know they basically were given an extra first round pick to take on Jared Goff it's not like he's the guy they're going to build around in the future I think this year is sort of a throwaway year but in the meantime he's trying to find the right people in the uh, the right the right players in the building for Detroit but let me ask this question if you're trying to win a basketball do you bring in former Washington generals 
Well, right? that's the thing. I mean, he brought I in mean, guys it, like bringing in former Lions means you're yes. not, you've got no no winning history. Well, they brought in guys like Barry Sanders, Chris Spielman. Uh, they made sure to bring in the guys that were good, uh, as opposed to uh, some of the other players on the on the team over the past. And I I don't think anybody from the Owen sixteen team was brought in, yeah. which is probably a good thing. Well. Wasn't Matt Millen the GM of that team? The Because uh, I think he's in pretty strong, right? Because Mike Lombardi, friend of our show, has been talking a lot about how like there's disparate authorities, right? And the thing about football that you don't realize immediately is there's technique to all this that each team teaches differently. How do you teach this? You know, the, the pass block in this situation or the whatever, the, the press and coverage in that situation. And Belichick might have it a certain way, someone else another way. It's not all uniform. And if a, a non-coach is teaching technique, you know, Lombardi says that's a horrible scenario. So, you got – listen, Barry Sanders didn't want to be there when he was playing. He retired right. at 30, right? right? Right, So, I mean, and I'm not – Calvin saying, Johnson, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about it. The three players that uh, – the best players that's retired early in the last 50 years is Jim Brown, <laughs> Calvin Johnson, and Barry Sanders. I think all three of them are better – than Andrew Luck, so who else would even be in the competition, right? I was waiting for you to bring up Andrew Luck. And so two times of them on the Lions. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. AJ, same question. Thoughts on Detroit? Yeah, Jonas said a, a buzzword with new coaches, change the culture. And that's what coaches who can't win right now say. And I think that's we're seeing that a lot in the in the league right now. A lot of these rookie coaches are just overmatched right now because let's they don't the, have good enough players. This. You had a great idea on studying that. So let's take our first break. When we come back, AJ is going to unveil his first study he's done at pregame.com, which is how the new <laughs> coaches are doing and what it might mean. And then we're going to go into his real forte, which is he spent decades in Houston. What's going on with Davis Mills? He's got some inside info about that draft pick. And he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. The government I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will have a discussion about new coaches in the NFL. And then we can hear AJ potentially eat some crow on the Houston Texans. He said they're the worst team, I think, ever, he said, or since the Tampa Bay Bucks in 1976. But they got some fight in them this Thursday, though. They got a quarterback. AJ's got a little inside info on this draft choice. He spent... Over a decade, Houston drive time, ratings leader during that time. This is the highest rated show. Well, no, God, no, not the highest rated show. Colin would get mad. I think it's Colin. <laughs> is the fastest growing show. I was thinking of your high ratings there, AJ. The fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Last year plus, we've doubled our audience. Why? Because of your support. Spread the word. Keep it up. And we'll keep giving you winners and laughter. And a little bit of uh, intensity now and again. <laughs> you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas. Here in Vegas on the Strip. Mackenzie, what's the current temperature? 91 degrees. It's 90 degrees. 90 de- oh, wait, 91 degrees. <laughs> and the neon is flowing. 
So, RJ, we've been talking a lot about Monday Night Football. The Packers went over the Detroit Lions. And before we went to break, we had the discussion about Dan Campbell, the first-year head coach for the Detroit Lions, which sparked the conversation about brand-new head coaches this season in the NFL. Okay, so AJ had a good idea. He's like, these coaches aren't doing too well, the newbies. And it's like, yeah, I never thought of it, really. So we looked at every time they played this season, two weeks, where they didn't play each other. Because if they play each other, it's going to be one and one. So that's going to just muddy the data. We took that out. And what's left is 10 games. The rookie head coaches, straight up, AJ. One and nine, straight up. Ooh, I think that's almost 10%. The average straight up margin is minus 10. So they're losing by double digits in these games. Yes. Okay, now... These are not good teams. That's why they got new coaches. So maybe one and nine is not so bad. But you know what is the great equalizer? The point spread. So what is the ATS against the spread record? How about three and seven minus four ATS margin? So they're falling behind by four points a game. So that means over 10 games, they're 40 points they've been outscored relative to the spread. The rookie coaches. All right. Now, why? Why? What's your first theory? I think that this is the first time in a long time there's been a, a crop of new head coaches where none of the head coaches have prior head coaching experience. Ooh. So these are these are all first-time NFL head coaches, and it's coming at a time that's unprecedented, the, like having to, to learn how to be an NFL head coach while dealing with all the things that you know every coach is dealing with right now, but the COVID-related things, it's, it's not an easy time to adjust. Now, you make a great point. It's not only more things to worry about. But there's less time to worry about the, the typical stuff because of the CBA and every contract they sign seems to be less practice time, less hitting during camp. And it's like if you're worried about COVID with, that you've never dealt with before, you're a head coach for the first time. Now, were any of these head coaches or uh, this year's hires head coaches in college? Uh, Urban Meyer. Oh, that's true. So Urban Meyer, now obviously it's different from college to pro, and none of the other ones in college even. No. So high school? That I, I, My research department hasn't let me know that. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny? It's like three state championships. He was on, he was on Friday Night Lights. You might remember him. He was. It named, sounds like someone Jerry Jones would hire, <laughs> like a really good high school football coach in Texas. He, he knows how to win. Well, I tell you this, if I remember correctly – there was a team, uh, Cincinnati Moeller. All right, you remember them? They were the best high school team in the country, like year after year. And they had a guy named Gary. Oh, I can't remember his name. Mackenzie, look this up. Cincinnati Moeller, Gary was the coach. And he ended up being, if I'm not mistaken, the Notre Dame coach. He went from Cincinnati Moeller to Notre Dame, if I'm not mistaken. We'll check on that. Um, Jonas, you should know that, even though it's before your time. You don't? I don't know that, no. Uh, see, I can only speed. get Jonas when I go back to the <laughs> 80s. That's it. I, I do know, like, Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy, both those guys were high school coaches at some point. Yeah, but they um, – okay, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it's funny how – I mean, you look at uh, Brady, for example, for, from Carolina, and he was an, a, a quality assurance assistant, like one of 30 on the Saints – and then he got down to LSU, got the OC job, and now he's like, you know, almost certainly going to be a head coach in the next couple of years, I think. And he literally a few years before, 
you know, was making probably like, I don't know what the QA guys make now, but it's like 50K, you know, which is fine. But I mean, I think uh, to be from that to an NFL head coach in just a blink of the eye. Did you get that, McKenzie? Gary Moeller coached high school straight out of high school, straight out of his own graduation, ended up coaching Michigan and even the Detroit Lions later in his life. Okay, so he went to Michigan, not Notre Dame. Boy, Michigan's just bad. They try to steal an Ohio guy, <laughs> but they, they, they messed up. They, someone said, this is a winner, and it's like, yeah, high school. <laughs> We're straight out of Vegas. Jonas, what do you think about the cause of the uh, first-year coaches doing so poorly? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the quarterback situations. In the case of the Jets and the Jags, they've got rookie quarterbacks that they're depending on trying to you know, help get their franchise back on track. I think the interesting team is the Houston Texans because I would argue they've looked the best of every team in their division. Ooh. And coming into the season, we've thought that they were going to be the most dysfunctional. I think they, you know, obviously they won the first week. They were competitive last week. And if not for Tyrod Taylor going down with the injury, I, I want what sort of conversation uh, is surrounding David Coley and company and, and what they've been able to do there without Deshaun Watson and all the distraction. Well, I got to be honest with you. You just shot one right across AJ. I, it's interesting <laughs> because you told me you want the D segment tomorrow in your farewell show going to the mornings, three hours a day now, is you want it to be the seven things I hate about AJ. Now, it's kind of weird you're doing that like right before you leave, but okay. Uh, but all joking aside, double them back. The, the, the rookie QBs, wouldn't you agree, though, the point spread's going to count for that, right? Yeah, I would think so. Well, that's um, what, if it doesn't, then we should just fade the rookie QBs. Yeah, I, I just think in the case of like a Zach Wilson, uh, first of all, I don't think Zach Wilson should be starting. I, I think they're such a bad team that there should be a veteran in there taking those hits. I don't know how he's going to make it through the season. Um, you know, Urban Meyer and company, that seems like they're still trying to figure out sort of what, what they want to be and, and whether or not they can keep Trevor Lawrence healthy as well, too. And I also think there's something to – and, and I've heard a couple of coaches talk about this, and it's sort of this – the way we look at coaches, we don't really give them an opportunity to grow and learn. We take a rookie quarterback and we say, well, there's going to be rookie mistakes, they'll be fine. But we don't really take into account that these are first-year head coaches. They've never done this before. And I can remember Brian Billick telling a story on the air years ago on Fox Sports Radio in which he said, I thought I was ready for my first head coaching job. He's all, I had no clue. Clock hmm. management, everything, game management, all of that stuff. And I would just wonder if some of that is also playing into it. And obviously we know what happened with, uh, with David Coley, speaking of which, when it came to managing uh, downs in Houston last week. So. Well, I hear you, but I think it's even more difficult now because there's just less time. I mean, yeah. it, it, the players, you know, the owners traded and said, yeah, you can have less practices and we'll take more money. And they're happy with that. And the players are happy with it. But I, I think the game itself, you cannot handicap. And you look at Kyler Murray as an example. I would make a major bet. You want to pick any two games even against whatever weak opponents, but two games in a row. And I'll compare, the, I'll bet the first two games, I'll take that those stats, and you can have any two games in a row later in the year. And why? Well, one, obviously it was very good. But two, when he's healthy and the other team's not tackling real well because they don't tackle much in camp, well, he's uh, unstoppable borderline. Yeah. How's he going to be when he's beat up a little bit and the teams are tackling better in week 10? 
You know, last year he wasn't good at all in the second half of the year. We'll see. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Now, when you were talking, though, about Houston, it's a good setup. A.J., you famously – now, this could. I'm just going <laughs> to lay out a few facts here. So, A.J. Hoffman had a press pass, uh, a permanent press pass to the Houston Texans. What year was the last year for that? Uh, two years ago, maybe three years ago. All right, so 2018 or 19. Okay, then the press pack w- was revoked the next year. <laughs> now, they told him you can apply for game by game, and then they whispered under their breath, but don't waste your time. Okay, now, it's interesting because A.J. tried to tell me, Jonas, he said, well, you know, anyone that the state, because they're ESPN down there, he was, and that wasn't where the Texans were broadcast. So he said, anyone that wasn't at the station uh, that is the home of the you know Texans didn't get a press pass. I said, boy, that sounds curious. And then we were talking to a buddy of his, and he was talking about getting a press pass and a season-long one, and lo and behold, he's from the ESPN station. So <laughs> He also so, works for NFL, the NFL, so that, that's a little... Oh, so there's some reason that they... Okay. <laughs> Just that little reason. So, now, it's fair to say you've been uh, down on the Texans. You, were, you bet under the lowest win total we've seen in a long, long time, especially with a 17-game season. What was the under? Under four, four and a half. Okay. How are you feeling about that bet? I feel just fine about it. You serious? Yes. Now, the market closed at four. So, yes. get, getting a half game, I bet you feel good. But how about at four, how would you feel? Not so good, would you? Not as good, no. Uh, oh, obviously. So, four and a half is better than four if you're going but under. I, I agree. I do feel better now that Tyrod Taylor's hurt. Suddenly, my, I feel a lot better than uh, I did How long is he supposed to be out for? I don't know. He's on the IR at least four weeks. Wow. Okay. So you had uh, some insight on Davis Mills and and the thought process in the room uh, when he was drafted. Yeah. Davis Mills was, I don't think, the target for the Texans all along. I don't think that was the plan. But they knew that they wanted to take a quarterback. And obviously they did not have picks in the first or second round uh, because they are a a really poorly managed franchise. So their first pick came in round three. And really the the quarterbacks that were going to be available in in round three, there was three of them. And they were Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, Davis Mills. And Kyle Trask went with the last pick of round two to the Bucs. Kellen Mond went with the second pick of round three to the Vikings, and the Texans were like, oh, boy, we've got to pull the trigger now. They thought that maybe one of those picks would last down but it, to late in the third where they had their second pick, but they were unable to. They had to pull the trigger there. So they weren't able to improve their team for this year, which is what the plan was, and still get a quarterback. Well, they had to get that quarterback. Okay, but they were planning to take the quarterback in the third round, it sounds like. And yes. they had three – now – from what you hear, the other two were higher on the board, but they wanted a quarterback. So my theory on why they wanted a quarterback was if Tyrod Taylor isn't your long-term answer, which he isn't, then this is a good year to get someone a chance. Even if it's a 20-to-1 lottery ticket, you might as well have a 20-to-1. And the theory is that Davis Mills is that type because one out of 20 times he's going to become a franchise quarterback, and then you've hit Pater. And the other 19 times you have a higher draft choice the next year. You can play hard, but you're still going to have a higher draft choice if he's no good. Jonas, that to me is one of the things when you're talking about, well, Wilson shouldn't play. 
But wouldn't you agree? And you've worked with Brady Quinn a long time, you know, NFL guy, and obviously now on the show with you, uh, 6 a.m. to 9 Eastern, right here on Fox Sports Radio, is at that point, or I guess since the news or the CBA in 11, is there's so little time for the second and third team quarterbacks to get reps that they say it's hard to develop them. Like the idea of developing them physically. Now you can look at tape and stuff like Kansas City did, but the idea of doing it in practice and stuff, they say it's impossible now. Is that is that your understanding? Yeah, it's really difficult, and it's affected offensive line play, uh, just the, the lack of practice time and the ability to get guys ready. And you just you find yourself in this spot. And I also think it big picture, coaches don't have as long a leash as they used to i mean if, if you're if you're bad two years in all of a sudden they start calling for your job and and so coaches start to make panic decisions they'll maybe put a guy in uh, earlier than he should be in just based on the fact that that they they need to prove that they can be the coach that can turn this organization around and that's the quarterback for the job so i just think that the clock has sped up and the little prep time has put everybody in a really tough spot that's jonas knox now next i'm gonna ask aj who other than the Patriots have won more division titles the last seven years than the Houston Texans? Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. Okay, so that's interesting. They were plucking high school coaches left and right, I guess. Um, okay, so, A.J., that was the question. I posed it before the news or the update is right now, if I'm not mistaken, if the Houston Texans that you just disparaged as a as a franchise, they have, what, equal titles to any other team except the Patriots the last seven years when it, we say division titles? How, how do you explain have, Chiefs that? Chiefs have won five years in a row. Okay. The Saints have won four years in a row. All right. But, but hold on. How many of the Saints? We're not saying four years. We're saying out of the last seven years. Well, Saints the Texans have, have won four of the last seven. Okay. That's mighty impressive, isn't it? It is, it is impressive. But why, even that won't convince you. Well, I mean, now here they sit now today with the worst roster in the NFL. So, no. It, well, you keep saying that, but that, that's an interesting thing. It feels like right now, that's interesting. When we come back. Who is the worst team in the NFL? That would be one. Two, I'll tell you who the worst quarterback is. I've got a Trevor Lawrence stat that is going to blow your mind. If you think he's bad, he's like four times as bad as you think. He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of date. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And R.J., we were having the conversation before the break about worst team, worst quarterbacks in the NFL so far two weeks through the season. Yeah, and I'm a skeptic of Trevor Lawrence, and I think he'll be fine. I mean, I picked, made a bet with McKenzie that he'd be starting, what is it, year four, McKenzie? I think uh, we made a bet, will he be a starting quarterback entering year four? And McKenzie's like, I don't know if he will be. So uh, what's the exact terms of our bet? Plus 350 odds, 
one grand to win 3500 Okay, and that's if he's going to be a starting quarterback entering year four. Yes. Sam Darnold was, right? He was. Okay. I'm, I'm, unless there's a major catastrophe. I might have to get insurance. You know how people, like players, will get insurance. They get knocked out of the league. Just get insurance on Trevor Lawrence for 3500 <laughs> Because that's the only way he's not starting. But he's. I don't think he's going to be good. Why? Because I don't see him facing much adversity in his life. And what we're going to see for sure is adversity in the NFL. And we've seen it already. And this is an interesting concept. So EPA is expected points added per play. So it's a way to just grade every play. And if you look at Trevor Lawrence's EPA, it's not great. It's at the very bottom of the league of quarterbacks. But here's what's interesting. We look at garbage time versus non-garbage time or competitive time. So what we do is if a team has between a 10% and 90% chance to win, we say it's competitive. Right? If you have a 1% chance to win or a 99% chance to win, it's not competitive. So the 10% at the top and bottom, we, we say that's garbage time. The rest is competitive. Is Trevor Lawrence in competitive time is still bottom of the league, but he's a little bit better. But during garbage time, when you think he'd be like trying to re- – because let, let me give you a hint. Jacksonville and garbage time's never been up big this year. They've been down in a feudal way, less than 10%, a big chunk of the year. And he plays four his, – his actual uh, EPA is four times worse in this garbage time. So you might think, well, RJ, what matters is when the game's competitive. No, he's horrible there too. But when the game's out of hand and you think you're going to be playing for pride and you're fighting back, facing adversity, well, he's done even worse. Now, I know it's only two games, but we're going to keep an eye on it. That does follow the narrative that adversity is not his friend. Any thoughts, AJ? I no, there's I don't have anything good to say about Trevor Lawrence so far. I saw a stat today. I've been trying to find the uh, the full list, but I saw that he leads the league in uncatchable pass rate. 36% of the passes he's he's thrown have been deemed uncatchable passes, which is Most, just horrendous. Good quarterbacks complete more. So 30 100 minus 36 is 64. So that yeah. that means only 64% of his passes are even possibly catchable. <laughs> That That is not good. Jonas, A.J. actually has, and again, college football expert, he has a Heisman pick. Yeah, and this Heisman pick involves Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral, who all of a sudden has become uh, a fan favorite and a favorite in the media to potentially uh, hoist the Heisman later on. Well, in a way, it does. I, I think that it, my pick is not Matt Corral to win the Heisman at two to one. I, I, I think that there's a misprice on Corral. I think that he's he's good. I think that Ole Miss is going to lose too many games for him to have a chance to win this trophy. So now that Bryce Young's not the favorite, I see some kind of value in Bryce Young. He's only t- plus two twenty five. The next closest guy is sixteen to one. That's Spencer Rattler. But I st- I still think. Alabama goes undefeated. Bryce Young wins the Heisman. It's as simple as that. Matt Corral has multiple games I expect him to lose down the stretch. I have Alabama 14 points better than Ole Miss on a neutral. So I don't know how he can be. I mean, how much would he have to outperform Bryce Young by to win that Heisman? I just don't see it. Let me ask you a quick question, AJ. Do you think how Tua does and how Mac Jones does in the pros will have any effect on the voters? No. 
We've really? seen that with Oklahoma. I mean, does does Oklahoma getting crushed in the playoff ever have anything to do with uh, whether or not they'll give those Oklahoma QBs the Heisman? They keep doing it. And that's a good point. Here's what I'll say about the Heisman. It used to take a long time to emerge and get enough votes, enough attention. Now you can do it in a couple weeks. I'd still look at a long shot myself. If you missed any of today's show, including a deep dive into Monday Night Football and what it means for first-year coaches struggling and a quarterback who has not looked good in year one in the NFL, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio with an early look ahead to Thursday Night Football here on FSR. And you can also check out the show every single weekday on the iHeartRadio app. Right out of Vegas! Vegas!